welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 246, the Scott Ellis Seminar from the 2019 NWTF Convention. And I am your host and the guy who is coming to you from location this week. Yes, I'm actually on vacation this week with my lovely bride. And as you all know, anytime you're on vacation, the time flies and I'll soon be back at work. (laughs) So all is well, having a good time. Right now though, we are 247 days, 19 hours, 23 minutes and 25 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So this past weekend, I went to my property down south of Birmingham and went fishing. And while I was there, I actually saw two hens with nine poults. And I think that it was the same two hens with nine poults that my buddy Todd saw down there the weekend before. But those are the first hens that I've seen with poults in Alabama this year. So I was excited to see that. But I do need to say, I haven't seen a whole lot of hens this year. I think I've seen a total of seven hens and only two of those have poults. So nine poults out of seven hens is a pretty poor recruitment rate. And hopefully there is a flock of six or eight hens running around somewhere on the property that have 30 or 40 poults with them like I saw a couple of years ago down there. And if that's the case, then I'll feel a lot better about the hatch and recruitment. But at this point in time, it ain't looking real rosy, at least where my property sits. So I mentioned to you guys that this week I'm going to be bringing the Scott Ellis Seminar from the 2019 NWTF Convention to you. And we're going to go ahead and jump into that, get this thing started. There's some really good content in this seminar, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So listen in, and I will see you guys on the other side. Appreciate y'all being here. I know the gates just opened up to the uh, convention. So just let the crowd stand out just a little bit, huh? Before you get in there and get attacked by everybody. Yeah. Um, super excited to be here. This is about my... 15th convention I think 
and uh, brought, bring my wife and son here, Jake. Y'all, If y'all watch the show Hunt Quest, if you haven't, check it out on YouTube. Uh, you'll see a lot of Jake Ellis. He's here, and he's grown up here, you know, year to year. And he won the Polts at the Grand Nationals two years ago, and then he retired on a high note, and he quit. <laughs> Ten years old, he won the Polts division, then he then he retired. He said, I'm done. I'll finish on a high note. I think he loves to hunt as much or more than I do, but ultimately, he uh, the calling thing, he did it because Daddy did it, and he did his thing, and I think now he's just going to hunt. He's my hunting buddy, so that's, that's good. That's a good thing, but... Yeah, it's a great time. It's a it's a fast, busy three days. There's no doubt about it. But it's a lot of fun. We are uh, blessed. A week from tomorrow, today's Friday, right? A week from tomorrow, Jake and I will be turkey hunting. So he's 12 now, and we can hunt youth hunt in Florida. The South Zone is uh, last weekend in February. So we've been blessed with that to have some connections down there with some good friends that have some places, and we're going to get to go down there and and hunt a week from tomorrow. So not only is it fun coming in the convention, and you know I'm calling in the Grand Nationals, and that's always exciting for me and everything. And then being in the Woodhaven booth and just meeting people and talking with folks like yourself, and and uh, we get to know that tomorrow we'll be standing at Al Hoot and listening for a bird to gobble a week from tomorrow morning. So that's that's some incentive if there's ever incentive yeah so but uh, I guess that's how I'm good I think we're just going to get this thing started so the, na- the name of the seminar is called Setting the Mood, and that obviously had to raise a few eyebrows. <laughs> I'm sure going, what exactly is setting the mood? Well, obviously you guys probably know our competition turkey call, so I, I call it a little bit higher level than the average guy is going to call. Um, I think woodsmanship plays a vital role in what we do when we're out there calling up birds and setting up on birds and moving on birds. The woodsmanship is a very key factor, but I think people totally underlook or underestimate or overlook, if you will, how much and how important it is to truly learn and talk to turkeys and not just call at turkeys. Okay, so setting the mood is simply, if you learn the language of the wild turkey and you become proficient on your calls, you literally can learn to can somewhat, and I'm not going to say this works every time, you can somewhat control your destiny. I do it every season. And by doing that, what I do, I set the mood. I take the pulse of the gobbler. I think Will Primos coined it years ago. He used to say, take the pulse, or the temperature. But old Will used to, Wilbur Primos used to say, I say, take the pulse. And you're reading that gobbler and seeing how, is he fired up? Is he not so fired up? And what we're going to talk about today is I'm going to give you different scenarios on how I will use the language. We can go over all the calls. i got a couple mouth calls here. I'll run for you and give you some demonstrations of the stuff. But we're going to talk about how how you can set the mood, you can pique his interest, you can change his mood by what you're literally saying to him and not just cut, cut, yelp, 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 gobble, 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 cut, cut, yelp, 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 gobble, gobble, gobble. And it all depends again on taking his pulse. So what I like to do when I first start out on a bird, now obviously we can talk roost scenarios. I don't start, the game never starts for me until he's, his feet hit the ground. I like to tree call to him, let him know where he's at. You know, basic turkey calling one-on-one, right? You out he gobbles, you set up 100 yards from him on the roost, and you give him some tree talk, and you try to get him to let him know you're there. You try to get him fired up a little bit on the limb, then you shut up, and then I don't, don't overcall him on the limb. Then he flies down, then the games begin. And that's when the fun starts. So from that point on is where I start trying to figure out, is he excited? Is he is he apprehensive? Is he is he gobbling at everything in the woods? Not just you. Is he gobbling? at crows and owls and he's just super fired up so that's where I always tell my friends and people that ask me just start basics with him you're going to greet the gobbler and see how fired up he is you're going to take his pulse and basically all I'm going to do when that first initial contact is made is I'm just going to do some plain yelping to him. You don't want to dump all your bag of tricks out on the table before you you engage the bird right off the four, four, four or five minutes of the engagement. Hello come on in. Come on in. <laughs> 
So yeah, um, so I just like to hit him with a couple clucks and a yelp. I'm not going to start initially cutting at him and, and getting all excited and trying to get him fired up right off the bat because it may only take four or five yelps and you kill him. And you're just greeting that gobbler. You're setting. You're not really getting fired up. You're just being civil and saying hello. How are you? And I mean, I'll demonstrate it. Y'all know what a yelp sounds like, but I just like to call, so you're going to listen to me call. <laughs> I got to get warmed up for the prelims later. But so I'm just going to, you know, light yelp. Remember, inflection is a very, very important part of how we call. And when I say inflection, I'm meaning speed of rhythm. You think an excited hen cuts real hard and real fast, she's excited. If she cuts a little bit slower, she's not quite as agitated, she's not quite as excited. If she yelps real, real fast, there's a reason for it. She's excited about something's got her wound up, whether she's angry or she's just excited. Maybe the gobbler's coming to her and she's just excited. So remember that when you're putting inflection in your calling. Speed of rhythm and volume as well. If you can get louder and you get faster, that's going to in. You're giving the impression of more excitement, more excitement. So I'm going to start the engagement with just say, hey, how are you? Remember, don't dump the bag of tricks out on the podium before you have a chance to use them. So I'm just going to yell a few times. That's about it. Just some light clucks. There was nothing that was pretty mundane. It was pretty ordinary. There was nothing about it. What happens a lot of times? Sometimes that's all it takes. You got a hot two-year-old. How many likes hot two-year-olds? <laughs> They're my favorite kind of turkey. The ones that run you over. Kamikazes. You yelp a couple times and they run you right over. I love those birds. But here's the thing. Maybe he starts closing right in. Well, all I'm going to do from that point is just yelp. Just keep yelping like that. I'm not. Why get excited? I don't need to because he's already closing the distance. And it's not taking a bunch of excitement to get him there. That way, again, what? You have your bag of tricks to dump out. You have all the other things I'm going to talk about here in the next 30 minutes. So maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't. So the next thing we're going to talk about, you've, you've yelped to him. He's gobbling pretty good. You're just being basic. He's just not wound up. One of the things I like to do from there is I call exciting. He's going to try to fire him up. So I'm going to do what? I'm going to put a little more inflection in my calling. I'm going to bring that excitement level up. I'm going to do a little light cutting, and I'm going to speed that rhythm of that yelp up just a little bit to make him say, I'm pleading, I'm yearning for him. I, I want his company, but I'm not going over there. We know we're, we're reversing nature. We all know that. But, but gobblers will still go to hens in a while, too. Don't everybody, let anybody convince you of that, or we, we wouldn't kill turkeys if it didn't happen in the wild the same way. So don't ever think that. I mean, in, in nature, technically, the gobbler gobbles, the hens go to him. Yes, that's the way it happens. But there's many many times when hens will yelp and cut and the gobble will go to him. Again, that's why we kill turkeys because we reverse it. So that said, I'm going to step my game up a little bit. I'm going to get a little bit excited. And I'm going to light cut at him a little bit and maybe get that faster. Check, listen to the rhythm of the yelp here. I'll pick up the rhythm of the yelp. Try to get his attention, get him excited. I'm trying to set that mood and get him a little excited. faster, maybe a little louder, a little bit of cut notes on the front. A lot of times that will turn him around, do a 180, he'll come right to you, and that changes the game. There's, there's another trick I just threw at that gobbler by trying to get him excited and change his mood and show him that I'm very, very interested. Okay, so say you get say that didn't work or it maybe he maybe he closed another 50 yards say he was 150 he closed another 50 he's at 100 maybe 90 and then he's still not wanting to cooperate he's still not wanting to close the distance so at that point i'm gonna again you're, you're feeling is he slowly moving how often are you calling I'm, in that situation i'm gonna call every five to seven minutes i'm not gonna you don't want to call every minute and a half i know 
I'm a turkey hunter. I know 30 seconds seems like four hours. We all know this now. Come on. So, but just try to stretch it out and put that little space in between those sequences and not give it too much too quick. Just let him work. Let him, let him be thinking about you and, and fuming about you. And man, she sounds really excited. I ought to go see her. She sounds real pretty. I'm going to go find her. So you just let him work. Let him do his thing, you know. Well, <clears throat> If that doesn't work, I'm going to step it up even more. And, I, and, and it's what I call scalding him. It's something, a, a term I came up with. You know, when your mama got after you when you were little, she scalded you for, for doing something wrong. Well, that's what I call scalding. And that's when I get even more excited. I'll give you a quick demonstration. Get more, more cutting, more excitement. And you're really trying to make a stand to say, you either come over here now or else. Okay? So then I'm going to bring, again, I'll demonstrate. I'm going to bring it up even another notch. And this all comes with practice on your calls. What I said, some of you guys missed it when I came in, is how important and how uh, um, overlooked calling is. People say, oh, calling, calling. It makes a difference in killing turkeys consistently if you're a better caller. And you put great woodsmanship together. So I'm going backwards on y'all, but get proficient on the calls, whether it's a pot call or a glass call or a mouth call or this tube call around my neck or a box call, whatever. But I'm going to step that calling up and get more excited. Listen, what is he doing? Oh, crap. He's turning around. Here he comes. And what you're doing is you have just got after that gobbler. And you're telling him, you get over here now, we're going to have an issue. It's in my mind what you're tell, telling that gobbler in turkey language. And that's the cutting. We know cutting is an excitement call. It shows either anger, if she's angry, or it can show uh, it's an attention getter to a gobbler. It can show excitement as well. So, so you've gotten, you've really stepped the game up. The bird is just not closing down. Okay, you've tried to, you tried to peak his mood. You tried to get him excited, get him all, get him all worked up, basically, and uh, that's not working. So, from that point, I'm going to do what I love to do, and this is going to be even harder for people to, to envision because we like to hear them gobble. And I'm a turkey hunter, and I like to hear him gobble. But once you got him to that level, and he's hanging ninety, hanging ninety yards out, just quit calling altogether. Completely stop calling. I'm talking for a 15, 15, 15 minute span. Stop calling. Just go quiet. It's, he, he thinks you just did what I just did. You do it on your box. You do it on your mouth call, whatever. He thinks that hen is left. And that has killed probably as many turkeys as any sweet calling method that I've ever done that may have led up to that point of me shutting down. But he thinks she's gone. And, and I'm telling you, I don't have a good percentage. I'd probably say half the time that will work if you can stay silent long enough. Now, sometimes what's the other, the other side of that coin is the gobbler will just get, lose interest and he'll walk off. And that's when you have to check him again. Once he, if he's gone quiet, you obviously be looking for spitting and drumming or listening for spitting and drumming. <laughs> Y'all know the sound. Listen for that because he may not say anything coming in. If that sucker gobbles on his own after that last little bit of engagement, get ready. Just get your gun out and be ready. If he gobbles on his own, that means he's pleading back to her trying to find out, look, I'm over here still. There's a good chance he'll break if he gobbles on his own after you've done that type of engagement. So if just sit and wait. Sit and wait. Refrain. Refrain. I know it's hard. Put your hands in your pockets. Take your mouth calls out of your mouth. Just try to refrain from calling to him and just let him do his thing. It's, cat. it's a game of cat and mouse. And curiosity killed a cat. And that kills a lot of turkeys too. So we've shut him down now. Okay. Nothing's working. He gobbled on his own. He still didn't close. He's out there 80, 90 yards, and he's just not wanting to close the deal. So then I go to what I call the uh, fire him up and shut him down method. And when I say fire him up and shut him down is simply there's been a bit of silence. Okay, we, we got the gobbler thinking, man, is she there? Is she not? Okay, well, he didn't close, so I've got to do something or he may walk off. So I'm going to give him some more of that excited cutting and yelping, and then I'm going to wait about a minute, 30 seconds, and I'm going to go to clucking and purring, which is one of my 
favorite things to do. Come on in. And one of my favorite things to do, and this, like I said, this is called fire him up and shut him down. So you've worked him in. He hangs up. You're hammering away at him. He's really excited, but then you go quiet, and that didn't work, and he does not close the deal. So then I'm going to start clucking and purring. I'm going to get that excited series, give it just like I said a minute, maybe 30 seconds, and then I'm going to go into a cluck and purr and start whining and scratching if I can move. You know, obviously you're going to be cognizant of movement if he's out there in front of you, but scratching in the leaves, that old school stuff. And what that does is basically if you think of a guy that's (laughs) – this is a horrible analogy, but just roll with this for a Indulge me for a minute. He's at a bar, and he's talking to a nice pretty young lady, and that lady's very interested in him, and then she starts ignoring him what does he do what's that guy going to do somebody help me out here <laughs> he's, he's going to work even harder right so that's what you're doing in my in my impression of the fire up shut him down is you get him wound up like that and he's he's strutting he's tr- showing off for the ladies and then you start clucking and purring it's like it's just like eh, i'm just going to go over here and feed and scratching the leaves i don't i'm, I'm done talking to you so i'll, I'll demonstrate how i'm talking about So I did that little excited segment, and I'm going to just give it a second, and then... So it's like she goes to feed. And all you're doing there is, again, is you're making him, we're setting the mood. That's the whole seminar. We went from, I'm really excited, to, well, not so much. I'm just going to hang out here and scratch and eat acorns. <laughs> and that, very often, almost similar to the silent method, will drive him bananas. Uh, and I had him break and come right in right after that. That's the fire him up, shut him down. Um, from there... What if he's got another scenario you got to look at when this, as this sequence comes in? Does he have hens? Is that what's going on? Now, if he's got hens, then that, that changes the whole game. You can also set the mood with the hens. So I'm going to do a quick dissertation that what I like to talk about with, with hens being involved with the same deal. That may be why he's not breaking. He's hung up on you. And it's really simple. Hens, there's a harem of hens. A gobbler has 4, 5, 6, 10, 12, 15 hens. There's a boss hen in that group. The, the dominance is established. There's a hierarchy established. That boss hen is the boss hen. She's going to have, in, in my travels, in 30-plus years of turkey hunting, she's going to have one of two personality traits. She's either going to be very dominant and aggressive and always bowing up to the other girls and making sure they know what's up, or she might be a little bit more. She, she may be the boss, but she might be a little less confrontational. Okay? So this is the thing. When you, when you realize he has hands, you heard a hen yelp at you. Oh, man, what is 95% of turkey hunters, if you ask, if you polled them, and they said if they realized that that gobbler had hens, what, somebody tell me, what do you think would be the initial answer if they said, he's got hens and she yelped, what do you do? What would be your, somebody raise their hand, what would be your answer you would say to do the hens? Yell back. Well, that is a great answer, in fact, because go ahead, Andy. Challenge. See, Challenge. that's the that's the generic answer. But here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in your head and let you let your brain wrap around this for a minute. If it's a coy or a shy hen, you've got one of the two, right? If you go immediately and start challenging that hen, and she's that more passive hen, she's not as dominant, she's not as aggressive, and you start cutting right, you, she yelps, holy crap, he's got a hen, so I'm going to start cutting real hard. What normally happens in that situation? They go the other direction. So you got to, so let me finish my dissertation here. I love talking about this. So, so you got the dominant aggressive or you got the coy. So what do you do then? You do what that gentleman just said, just yelp to her. Just say, hey, how are you doing? Remember, I mean, I could go in, we probably could talk for another 30 minutes about just the language itself and learning what a call means to a turkey, at least to my knowledge and what we've studied through biology and, you know, years of turkey hunting and everything. But 
If you just start with a civil, we know a civil Yelp, just a calm Yelp, just like I talked about earlier, just the plain basic Yelp is just a, hello, how are you doing communication call. So she Yelps, oh crap, she's got hens, dang. Okay, but she Yelped. I'm going to Yelp back to her. I'm just going to do that same slow, easy, soft, no cutting, no nasty, be civil, be very um, nice to the hen, if you will. I'm just going to Yelp real nice for her. Maybe you want to do some really soft clutch. Hey, hi, what's up, girl? And see, she yelps back. So then you yell back to her. And all you ever do in that engagement is just simply yelp to her. You don't want to get aggressive. That's, if you do that, like the man said right there, there's very likely that's the ones that, oh, man, the hens took them all. Well, that may still happen because they are still turkeys. Don't get me wrong. This is not the cure-all, but, but it will at least keep you from running off. If you get too aggressive too fast, you'll keep that part of that equation from happening where they just turn and go the opposite, opposite direction immediately. So start civil. Now, if the second part of that scenario is if that hen gets nasty and aggressive right off the bat, that kind of opens the door a little bit more to getting nasty and aggressive to her. Then then she's that dominant, aggressive, confrontational boss hen personality that we talked about earlier. That's when I'm going to get nasty with her. That's when it's worked for all the guys that talk about how they called on top of her. They called over her while she was calling, and then she cut, you cut on top of her, and that's when it worked. That's that dominant, aggressive hen. She's the one that probably brings over more gobblers than the, the passive hen, honestly. The one that gets aggravated real quick and is very confrontational. Um, but if you start civil and you do the basic stuff, you won't offend the, the shy hen, and then that still could bring the gobblers over. Another thing here, too, I've got to grab a different call. Another situation, too, to look at is simply um, Kiki running. Um, I've had a lot of success with if the other if I was civil and that didn't work and she never got aggressive and I so I didn't challenge her didn't want to get aggressive right off the bat I kiki run and I think what happens is you know you're not far from removed from the winter flocks when spring comes along and what do turkeys do during the fall they key they they whistle they do it the young birds do it so I think this has worked for me a few times over the years where when you start keying you're keying like a lost turkey and I think sometimes, this is a theory that I have, that that maternal instinct will kick into that mama hen, that boss hen. And she'll be like, well, well who is that? Well, who's that over there? That's little Susie. We lost her in the flock a couple weeks ago. So I key to them, and that will often, she'll, they'll answer that the flock birds will sometimes key back. The jennies that are in that flock possibly will key back, and then they'll, and they'll come in and um, bring the gobbler over rings. And I'll, I'll do some kikiing for you. Get my toothpick out of the car. Mouth call care. Toothpick your calls. Put a, a toothpick, plastic toothpick, in between the top reed and the second reed. When you go to the woods, all you do is just do what I did. You wiggle the toothpick underneath the reeds, and you're ready to call. The reeds are not stuck. It prolongs the life of the call. So there's a little sidebar tip for you. But I do some light kiki running. Just like so, and, and that's just basically talking to the hens and saying, "Hey, I'm over here, and I need some company. Y'all want to wander over here?" And it, it's worked a few times. Always remember this. I mean, the more tricks you have up your sleeve, the more things you can throw at him. The more scenarios that you can do besides cut, cut, yelp, yelp, cut, cut, yelp, yelp. You know, if you know how to reposition on turkeys, if you know how to do a kiki run, or we'll get into something. Another level of setting the mood is going to be challenging here in a minute. We're going to talk about uh, staging a fight and Jake yelping, which is another form of setting the mood based on aggression, not just being in love on aggression. But anyways, all these different things, you learn these, and, and what happens for me when I go out and I kill a few turkeys is that you you 
seen the situation, you've seen something similar, so you start trying all these similar tactics. It kind of goes through your turkey encyclopedia and, you, and it runs through that processor and you go, well, I have this gobbler. He had some hens. Those hens started talking to me. They didn't get aggressive. I'm not going to get aggressive. I'm going to soft you up to them. Maybe they, you know, you just, you start encountering things you've seen before. And if not, even if not, if it's something you've never seen before, you, you can do all these different tactics that we're talking about. Um, repositioning, if you run deeks or don't run deeks, or you run a shrut decoy, or, or you can kiki run or fighting pearl, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. All these different tactics, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been, I've been sick for about a week. All these different tactics are things that you can try. You can throw out. Be three-dimensional. That's why I love turkey hunting so much. I love to bow hunt whitetails. I love it. But I love the three-dimensionality, if that's a word, of turkey hunting because there's so many it's, it, there's so many different things that can happen within a hunt from repositioning to crawling to you know if fanning is your thing it's not my thing but if you know you, there's so many different ways you can you can get a turkey hunt to be successful you know when you're when you're patterning whitetails buddy you're patterning whitetails and you're, you have scent control and you're hunting moon phases or you're hunting the rut and you know it's you're it's just a little more one dimensional as much as I love it it's more one dimensional you can grunt deer you can bleat deer I get that but not they, deer don't communicate like turkeys do with voices and with their vocalizations and that's why I love that's why I fell in love with turkey hunting 35 years ago because I'm actually playing Dr. Doolittle you know I'm talking to turkeys in their own language so um, we did the thing on the hens we talked about talking to the hens definitely something to keep in mind and how you approach your hens when you do realize you have them the next thing is going to be aggression like I said and um, that's one of those things that I'm going to do probably towards the end of an, an engagement I like to call it it's one of the last ditch things I'm going to do and I don't have a wing with me I do have a ball cap I can do y'all know the old trick you know you do a fly down cackle with it you can do a fighting purr with it as well and I'll demonstrate that but we're, we're now at this point trying to make him think there's another male, another gobbler, or Jake in this scenario. So the first thing I like to do before I gobble, or gobbling at him, and I'll gobble on the tube call for you, but the first thing I like to do before I, it's like the hen talk, before I go full bore in there, I like to just Jake yelp to him. Blow your mind. If you can learn the call, it's very simple. It's just a slow, deeper yelp, basically. Um, some jakes sound like hens. We know this to be true. We have to we have to jake yelp now in contest. And there, I've heard jakes that fooled me into thinking that they were hens. They were not. They were jakes. But I've heard also those honking jakes. I'll demonstrate it on my call and how to do it. Those honking, um, um, bugling sound, hollow sounding yelps that you you think when you say that's got to be a jake or a, or a gobbler, anyways. So you could do jake or gobbler yelps. But the, the key is deepening the pitch and slowing down the rhythm just a little bit and I think that they they have the ability to, to deduce what they're hearing as, as not a hen I think that's what that's what I believe they rationalize so so you start off with this engagement when this gobbler is hung up still not want to come in well I'm going to Jake yelp at him and um, again I'll demonstrate it here and this is the same call I can hen you up on you just drop all the pressure off your call and then you slow the rhythm down just a little bit Real, real bugly sound, as opposed to. And what I do like to do is what I just did right there. I'll actually hen yelp the sexy hen he's been hearing, and then I'll answer it with those Jake yelps. And that, in my mind, puts it in his mind. Oh my gosh, that's got to be a, you know a young punk over there talking to my lady. You know, so so I'll, I'll do that engagement just like solo. And you can obviously hear 
even with our ears and we don't have hearing like turkeys do you can clearly hear that was two different birds and how deep and honky sounding that the jake was so that's what i like to start off with firstly first when i start trying to set that mood when i'm engaging uh the the gobbler side of it the male side of it putting him in the aspect and challenging being aggressive if that doesn't work then I'm going to step up the game. He doesn't pay any attention to that. Well, he's heard the hen yelping, and he's heard the Jake answering the hen. And then I'm going to start doing a little fight. I'm going to start staging a fight with fighting purrs, and I'm going to get my hat out. I carry a, a wing in my vest on a shock cord, which is awesome because you can do fly-down cackles with it. You can also do the fighting purr I'm fixing to do. But I'll, do, I'll demonstrate it with my hat just to get the gist of what it is. But then I'm going to stage a fight. And be, be very, very aggressive when you're slapping especially with a wing where it really sounds real that when they're flogging each other so that gobbler can surely hear that wing beats because that's that's a whole another seminar turkey sounds that aren't turkey calls that's another great seminar actually to talk about sometime but i'm going to stage a fight again make sure the gobbler can't see you obviously you don't want him you want to bump him because he sees you flailing your hat all over the place but that's what i'm going to do the fighting purrs and um, fighting purrs you just roll your tongue and blow hard you know when you're, you're doing a contending purr you're doing it soft Just a soft brain old fighting program, you're going to bring that aggression up and throw some wives in there. So, maybe throw a little half gobble like that in there and stage a fight. So, I've had them turn and come running in after that, especially if it's multiple birds. That's really weird when the guys are together. You see a bachelor flock that's still hanging together in the springtime, and you do that fight. It's like they're running over to get into fight. It's like it's like a schoolyard fight. Little kids starts getting into a fight, and what happens? Everybody starts running over there, see who's fighting, and it works. I mean, not every time. You know, that's turkey hunt. None of this ever works all the time. From there, um, if that doesn't work, and then we're again, we're just going through different scenarios of how you can set the mood for the gobbler. I'm going to gobble at him and just just do a full bore gobble with my tube call. I, I can do it with my voice, but I've been sick, so I'm not going to embarrass myself. So I'll just I'll fire off a couple gobbles with my tube call, and. Uh, this is the new Woodhaven Ninja too, by the way. <laughs> it's a good, good little call. My reed's flipped on me here real quick. Great call for running and gunning and locating. Um, I carry a tube call. If you follow anything I do, you probably always see one of these around my neck, and that's what I leave the running gun with and a gobble. But then I give a couple gobbles and see how he reacts. So that's the gobbler side of it. We talked about the hen side of it. We talked about shot, shutting him up and firing him up, shutting down, going quiet on him. Um, it's just, it's really critical to me. And, and outside of this, we could talk for another 20 minutes. And I, but I, if you can learn what the calls mean, what does a cluck and purr contented mean? What does an aggravated purr mean? What does a fighting purr mean? What does a soft bubble cluck mean in relation to a more loud, inquisitive cluck? There's a whole other seminar literally on that, on just the language of the birds. But if you just learn the language, you can learn how to communicate with him. You can, you can somewhat control and dictate your mood and dictate your destiny. It doesn't work every time, but the more tricks you have up your sleeve, the more turkeys you're going to kill. So um, that kind of concludes setting the mood and the different calling sequences I want to discuss after this i love we've been actually i've been talking for 30 minutes just about I, I love to open it up the floor up for questions and uh just talk turkey with folks so um sorry i've it's <laughs> you missed the meat of it but we're doing a q a so if you guys have any questions about um any things i've talked about or, or or turkey products or turkey calls or anything in general you got any questions or interest about holler anybody got anything i'm kind of interested in your story just how you all right, that is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. 
If you would like to hear the rest of the seminar with Scott, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to become a subscriber, what you need to do to start that process is text the word Turkey Hunter. Make it one word and text that to the number 44222. Once you do that, I will correspond with you and eventually I'm going to send you a link that you can click on to create your username and password on the Podbean application. After you create your username and password on the Podbean application, you can also pay your $18 annual subscription for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your $18 annual subscription is going to get you not only the rest of the seminar with Scott, but it will also get you access to the premium content for all of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. There is a bunch of content that's locked up under the premium content subscription, and I highly recommend it for you guys. If you're a turkey hunting nut, you will definitely get your $18 worth out of this subscription. Now, if you would this week do me two favors, I'd appreciate it. First, if you would go to Scott Ellis's Facebook page and just drop him a note and say, hey, I just listened to your seminar from the 2019 NWTF convention on the Turkey Hunter podcast, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you for taking time out of your weekend to do that seminar and thank you for letting Andy share it with all of the listeners of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you do that, that'd be a huge favor for me. And also, if you would share this week's episode with a couple of turkey hunting buddies via the share feature on your podcast player application. So just click that share button, share the episode via text message to a couple of turkey hunting buddies and I would appreciate that as well. With that said, I'm going back out to the beach. There's a cold beer sitting in the cooler out there with my name on it, and I need to go have a conversation with that beer. So I'm going to sign off and say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on Hunting Afternoon Birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.